Welcome to the Journey Youth Podcast. Here's the place where you can catch up on past and future messages. Be sure to subscribe so you get updates when new messages go live. I hope you enjoy it. Is your life pleasing to God? No over here. Yes over here. We're thinking. Uh, all right, sit down, sit down, sit down. I'm not going to make you decide that in front of everybody. Everybody can sit down. Oh, man. That one just, we're just playing with you guys because it correlates to the sermon. By the end of the sermon, you should be able to go to one side or the other. Okay. Um, we are jumping into a study of the book of Colossians tonight. We're just going to go real old school. We're just preaching f- straight from the Bible. We're opening up the Bible and we're saying, what does it say for us? That's all what we're doing. That is a small Bible, but it's got a lot of truth. Uh, okay, so everybody has a letter on your, pay- on your seat. Go ahead and pull that out. If you're not sitting in a seat up here with a letter, then you probably need to move up to where you have a letter. Uh, so the, the book of, you can go ahead and open your letter because the book of Colossians started out as a letter, okay? All these books in the Bible, they didn't all happen to be in one big book from the beginning of time. They all started out as separate books and a lot of the letters or a lot of the books in the New Testament started out as actual letters that were sent to churches or to specific people. And then they were combined into creating the actual Bible. So what you have in front of you is page one of four of the book of Colossians, because there's four chapters in the book of Colossians. We're looking at the first chapter tonight. So what you have in front of you is is representative of what you would have gotten in the mail 2,000 years ago as a letter. Uh, This letter was written by um, the Apostle Paul. If you don't know who the Apostle Paul is, he was like the greatest missionary of all time. Uh, he, came after Je- he came after Jesus, went away to heaven, and he like blew the church up. In fact, he used to kill the church. He would kill Christians, and he had an encounter with Jesus, and then he turned into uh, evangelizing people for Christianity. So saying, hey, you need to be a Christian. You need Jesus in your life. And he used to be the guy who was like slaying them, right? Okay, so that's just a little bit of background on the letter. Because when you get a letter, it helps to know who the letter's coming from, right? It helps to know why you're getting the letter in, in a little bit of sense. So um, we're going to just open up the Bible tonight. What you have in front of you is the Bible. It's straight out of the Bible. So if you would like to use a Bible, you can. Or you can just read it straight from the paper tonight. But um, what, I, what the heart of this next four weeks is, is literally, like not figuratively, but literally, we open up the Bible. First, we prayed and asked God, what do you want us to talk about? What book do you want us to speak from? We felt like we were supposed to uh, teach on the book of Colossians. And so all that we have done here is we've literally opened up the Bible, and we're going to talk about what it says. This wasn't me having an idea and then going to the Bible and going like, hmm, what can I find to support my idea? This is literally exactly what God has to say to us. Um, and here's why that's important. Is I'm youth pastor Mike, right? I'm up here. I have a P in front of my name, Pastor Mike. Uh, and sometimes that can be like in a little uh, 
grandiose or big or intimidating, and you're kind of like, oh, I'm not a pastor, I'm just a kid, right? Here's the beauty of scripture, is that this is the word of God for anybody, okay? So if you're a believer and you have the Holy Spirit in you, you should be able to open up the Bible to a passage of scripture, study it, talk it over with your friends, pray about it, ask the Holy Spirit, and then get up in front of everybody and preach a sermon on it. Because I didn't go to school for this. I didn't go to pastor school. In fact, I, I straight up dropped out of college. Like, I, yeah, yeah, that's bad. But you can actually, because look at me, I turned out okay. <laughs> uh, you don't need to go to school to understand the Bible. You don't need to go to a special class to uh, learn about God. Those things help, but... Um, that's what's powerful about the Bible is God will speak to us as we just open it up and ask him, what are you saying to us through this? So that's just to set the stage for the next four weeks. That's all that we've been doing is opening up this Bible, asking God what he's saying to us, studying it. I spent maybe like 10 hours just studying this passage of scripture and researching and praying um, and preparing for this. And that's all that I did. Um, so we're just going to read it straight through. So we're going to start verse 1. You guys can read along with me. I'll read it out loud. You can follow along. Uh, but let's pray. God, I just ask that you would come and speak to us through your word tonight. Uh, your word is power and your word is truth. And we need both of those tonight. So come and speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. So there we have, hey, this is Paul, everybody. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God. Everybody say, will of God. Okay. And just remember that. Uh, Paul was an apostle by the will of God. That was God's will for Paul's life. Hey, everybody, I'm an apostle. My name is Paul, and that was God's will for my life. And I want you guys to ask the question, what is God's will for your life? Who are you? Who does Jesus want you to be? Verse 2, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all his people. Wow, that is an awesome introduction to the letter. He's saying, because Paul never met these people. Paul lived like 100 miles away from these people. And back in the day, you traveled on foot. Going 100 miles was like going to Chicago, right? Uh, so he had never actually met the Colossians. But he knew about them from uh, one of his friends, which we'll read about later, Epaphras. That was his friend who was like the pastor of the Colossian church. And uh, so he had never met these people, but he had heard of them. And he had, more specifically, he had heard of their love for God. And as Christians, like, that's what we, we want to be marked, marked by. And uh, so who's heard about our love here at Journey Youth? Who's heard about, heard about your love for God, Ariana? Who's heard about your love for God, Andrew? Um, not so that we can have people go like, wow, you're super awesome. You love God really well. But because God gets glory when he sees how much we love him, when, when people see how much we love him. And uh, I was actually just at a, uh, a get-together of a bunch of youth pastors this past week. And I got to uh, go up in front of everybody and speak about what happened last year through Speed the Light. And uh, I, yeah, give it up. 
I was invited to speak um, for a few minutes at this because other youth pastors had heard about what happened here. Other youth pastors had heard about your love for God and your love for people. And uh, your friends need to hear about your love for God. Your friends need to feel your love for them. Your family needs to hear about your love for God. And uh, this world needs to hear about your love for God. So, super simple. Who's heard about your love for God? If you're, if you're taking notes, you should write that down. Who's heard about my love for God today? Verse 5. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven. I'm just going to start that over. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all his people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up in you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true word of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing since, among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, Paul's friend, their pastor. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually, everybody say continually, Ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a, worthy, live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. All right, so I want to jump back to verse 10. He says, So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord... And please him in every way. And we asked that super awkward question at the beginning. Is your life pleasing to God? Is your life worthy of the Lord? And he gives us four things right here that, um, that are like a measuring stick for, for if our life is giving glory to God. If our life is worthy of who God is. So the first thing is that we bear fruit in every good work. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this because we spent um, like a whole month talking about, the, or a couple weeks talking about the fruit of the Spirit and what it like, looks like for the Spirit to bear fruit in you, that you are like a branch connected to the tree of Jesus and you don't do anything to bear fruit. All you have to do is stay connected to that tree and then fruit automatically grows on you. But he says, uh, we are to continually bear fruit through our good works. And he says uh, that good works are not our fruit. They're not the root of our relationship with Jesus. 
Okay? They're just fruit. They're not the root of our relationship. You can't work yourself into right relationship with God. You can't work yourself into God saying, hey, you're awesome. Um, in fact, I don't really believe that God, um, God looks at us and says, hey, I like you better because you're doing good stuff. Yeah, everybody's saved by the same thing, but I like you better. I think God, we, good works and, and fruit Good works are a fruit of our relationship. It's not the root. It has nothing to do with who we are as people and the way that God sees us. As a follower of Jesus, our life should look drastically different. So good works and fruit of the Spirit should just flow out of our life as we abide in Christ. So that's the first thing, okay? Bear fruit in every good work. Everybody say, bear fruit in every good work. The second thing that he says is that we would grow in the knowledge of God. That's the second mark of what it looks like to be living a life worthy of the Lord. Grow in the knowledge of God. Knowledge by itself is not the pursuit of the Christian life. Um, relationship with Jesus is the pursuit of, of what, why we're here. We're not just here to like, learn a bunch of facts about Jesus, and we're not just here to like, check it off. We're here to pursue relationship with Jesus. We had that altar time here at the beginning because we wanted to have uh, an encounter with Jesus because Jesus is a real person and he wants to move in this place. He wants to move in your heart. Uh, knowledge is not the pursuit of the Christian life, okay? But knowledge, Jeff Grinnell, I don't know if you guys uh, remember him from camp a couple years ago, but he says that knowledge is the fuel to our relationship with God. So knowledge is not our relationship with God. Knowledge is the fuel to our relationship with God. So the more that we learn about God, the more that we know about God, the more that we fall in love with him. And like, that's why we encourage you guys to like read your Bible. That's the most churchy thing in the world to say. You got to read your Bible. Make sure you go home and read your Bible. Have your quiet time. But it's because out of that knowledge that we receive, out of that like time spent digging in and studying, like we get to know the heart of our king. We get to know the heart of God and, and how much uh, he loves us and that relationship that he wants to have with us. And the, the second reason that I think um, Paul says grow in the knowledge of God is that the knowledge of God is the truth. In, in our world, there's so many, like, it's very acceptable to just say, my truth is my truth, and you can believe whatever you want, and we're, we'll all just get along believing totally separate things. But knowledge about God and the knowledge of the Bible, the knowledge of, of God, is the truth. And so if we don't get our truth from the Bible, if we don't get our truth from the knowledge of God, we get our truth somewhere else, and it ends up being a false truth. It ends up not being not being actually true. Uh, there's a book in the Old Testament, Hosea 4.6. It says, my people, this is God speaking, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. If, we don't, if you don't know about God, you perish. If you don't know about God, your life is destroyed. Both in in the life to come, but also here, like on earth. If, if we don't know about God, people who don't have a relationship with Jesus, their life is just off the rails. 
It's just, it's just craziness. It's just chaos. If you guys have friends who aren't believers, which you should, because if you don't have non-Christian friends, you have a Christian problem. Everybody should have non-Christian friends. But people who don't know Jesus, you probably have a friend who's just like, they're, they're always making crappy decisions, and they're always just like in turmoil, and their relationships are just messed up, and it's just chaos. My people are destroyed for their lack of knowledge. They perish. And I think the third reason that Paul encourages us to grow in our pursuit of knowledge is that knowledge equips us to be a witness. When Jesus left, he said, you will be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and throughout all the world. And if we don't know anything about God, we can't really tell anything, anybody about anything about God, right? So knowledge equips us to be a witness, not just to like flex our spiritual muscles, uh, but to actually uh, know how to love people, to know how to like engage with people on, in the level that they're on. Um, and as a follower of Jesus, we got to be growing in our knowledge of God because knowledge leads us to knowing God. Third thing that Paul encourages the Colossians in is to be strengthened with all power. Be strengthened with all power. As we choose to follow Jesus and surrender our lives to him, our lives will look drastically different, and that creates a lot of tension. Do you guys, do you guys feel tension uh, when you go to school and you're like, wow, I'm like not doing what my friends are doing, and I'm not like wanting to engage in the conversations necessarily that my friends are engaging in. There's like this tension between the way that you live and the way that the rest of the world lives. Do you guys ever feel that tension? And so that tension turns into temptation, uh, that, temp that turns into like just difficult situations in our lives. Like people don't like what you have to say. They don't like what you believe. Um, and we have desires that are like not from God. Desires that are just like for the world and for uh, things and fame and all this stuff. And we need God's supernatural power to stand firm through that. We need God's uh, supernatural strength. We need God to supernaturally strengthen us so that we can stand firm, uh, so that we can persevere through it, so that we can continue to be a witness and not just like remain silent to fall away. Um, and the reason that he says this to the Colossians is, is because they were under extreme um, cultural pressure as well. To Jesus had been, been the news for about 30 years at this time. And uh, they had received it, but then there were others in their culture who were saying, yeah, Jesus, like, that's awesome. Like, let's just add him to all of our other idols that we have. Like, we got the, the God of music, and we've got the God of sex, and the God of money. Like, let's just add Jesus right up next to those other idols. And Paul was saying, no, that's not how it works. Jesus is the only one. You can't have any idols in front of Jesus. Nothing stands next to the power of Jesus. And so he was writing to this that, to them as they were under extreme cultural pressure to um, kind of just like 
do what everybody else was doing. And he was saying, no, God wants to supernaturally give you power to stand firm. And uh, the fourth thing that Paul encourages the Colossians in is that they give thanks for their salvation. Why, like, why do you think that we need to give thanks for our salvation? It kind of, doesn't that kind of feel like it's just like a one and done kind of thing? Like, yeah, Jesus, I'm saved. Now I can live the Christian life. Like, thank you that I was saved, but like, I'm moving on to other things. Like, um, thank you, God, for like how you're using me in your kingdom. But he says, he doesn't say thank God for um, how he's using you. Thank God for all the things that he's put in your life. He's saying thank God for the salvation that he's given you. And he said that because when we remember who we were before God, it keeps us humble and reminds us of who we were and who we are now. Without the grace of God in your life, you wouldn't have Jesus in your life and you wouldn't have the abundant life that you have now, the fullness, you wouldn't have the hope of glory to look, look forward to, which is heaven, which is face-to-face with Jesus. And without your salvation, without what Jesus did, you wouldn't have the mercy of God, which is keeping you, which has kept you from uh, what you don't want. Grace is you getting something that you don't deserve. So you, we have received Jesus because of the grace of God. We've received eternal life because of the grace of God. We don't deserve that, but He poured it out on us graciously. And mercy is getting something that you is not getting something that you do deserve. All of us. We're sinful, we deserve to go to hell, we deserve to pay for our own penalty, we deserve to pay the wages for our sin. We deserve to pay the price for our sin. And yet God poured out his mercy on us and said, I want to pay that for you. I want to give you redemption. And uh, this word redemption, uh, in this context of when he was writing, it was um, used... uh, in context of like a slave. They, they had slaves back then, and uh, a slave could be set free if someone would pay the redemption price for them. If someone would like pour out mercy in their life and pay that for them. So saying that Jesus has paid for our redemption, he's redeemed us, uh, is saying that we've been set free from our bondage and our slavery to sin. Something that we couldn't pay for ourselves. Slaves couldn't pay their own way out for freedom. Somebody else had to pay for a slave to be free. And so Jesus paid for us, who were slaves to sin, to be set free. Um, And I think this keep thanking God for our salvation, thanking God for that time that we were saved from, from the path that we were headed down, uh, I think it keeps us from having a genie mentality on God. And here's what I mean by that. God, you're so awesome. Would you give me a new car? God, you're so awesome. Would you like help me pass this test that I didn't study for because I'm irresponsible? God, would you just like give me that new clothes, that, those new clothes that I want, those AirPods? Like, God, I just love you so much. You're awesome. When we remember the day that God saved us, when we, when we remember the salvation that Jesus bought and paid for us on the cross, it keeps us from having a genie mentality. Because 
if what God can do for you ever becomes greater than what Jesus has already done for you, then we need to repent. Because if God never pours out a, a physical blessing in your life, you got it good. If God, if, you, if God, all that he did was save you and say, hey, you're coming to be in heaven with me, and then never did anything else for you, you failed all your tests, you drove a rusty car, and your clothes looked like crap, like, you have been blessed beyond incredible measure just because you've been saved. Okay, how can I live a worthy life? Paul answers that right here in this text. We're not going to jump around to somewhere else to find that answer. He says, live a worthy life. And uh, I want to just kind of break this down to you guys, like how I found this, how I stumbled upon this, because um, you guys can find this answer on your own. You didn't need to come here tonight for me to tell you this answer because you were unable to find it yourself. Uh, and yet... Um, I think so often, like the number one thing that we hear uh, from all sorts of people is after they read the Bible, what do they say? I'm confused. That didn't make any sense. Um, so I want to just like, just quickly spell out to you how I saw this in here um, so that you can take that and apply it to somewhere else when you read the Bible. Um, because oftentimes we read the Bible, we read a passage once, we don't get it, we say that's confusing or boring, we move on, and yet all the treasures and all the truth that we need for our life is found right in this book. Um, so verses 9 through, um, just verses 9 and 10. 10, he says, for the, or nine, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and spirit that, and understanding that the spirit gives you, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord. Okay, so that is the goal of Paul writing this, right? He's saying, you should live a life worthy of the Lord. And we're like, yeah, that's awesome. I want to live a life that's worthy of the Lord. How do I do that? How should I make that happen? Like, should I just try to be good? Should I just, like, read my Bible all the time? Like, how do I do that? Well, the answer is just, like, in the verse above this. To live a life that's worthy... To live a worthy life, we need to know what God's will is. You know that first verse, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Paul knew what God's will for his life was. So to live a worthy life, we have to know what God's will is. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. What is God's will for you? That you live a worthy life. Okay, that's awesome. Like, God's will. I just want to know God's will for my life so that I can live a worthy life. How, how do I find out what God's will is? We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through, how does he do it? He does it through all the wisdom and understanding that the Holy Spirit gives you. So we want to live a worthy life. How do we do that? We got to know what God's will is. Okay, how do we find out what God's will is? 
through the wisdom and the understanding that the Spirit gives to us. That's cool. Like, how do I, like, seek out that wisdom and, and understanding that the Holy Spirit's giving to me? We continually ask God. So, if we want to live a life that's worthy of the Lord, we got to know what God's will is. How do we do that? Spiritual wisdom and an understanding that the Holy Spirit gives us. And how do we get that? We just pray. We ask. Ask and you will receive, Jesus said. In James it says, you have not because you ask not. So I know that all of you guys in here in this room want to live a life that pleases God. Like, yeah, that'd be awesome if God was proud of me. It'd be awesome if God was like, wow, you're just living your life and that's awesome. This is, Paul says, it's really simple, you guys. This is all that you got to do. You got to know God's will. You got to take the wisdom and understanding that the Holy Spirit gives you. And you got to start by asking. So if you're in here tonight and you want to know how to live a worthy life, all you got to do is ask, God, I want to live a worthy life. How do I do that? Give me understanding on how I specifically do that in my life. Um, So there's another card in your, in your envelope here. And uh, if there's one thing that we can leave you with tonight that will benefit you for the rest of your life, it's reading the Bible. It's uh, giving you God's truth. So um, over this next month, we're going to, as Journey Youth, try to memorize Colossians 1, 9 through 14. Okay? So that maybe sounds like a crazy task to you, but uh, we're going to incentivize it with 20 bucks. So if you can memorize this, we'll give you 20 bucks. Uh, so how that will work is um, if you can say it to us, then we'll put your, your name in a drawing. Okay? Um, so I want us to just read this. We're going to just read this three times. Everybody's reading it out loud. Yeah, we're going to read it three times. Because I've heard that if you say somebody's name three times in the first conversation, you'll remember it. So that probably applies to this, too. All right, we're going to read this. Ready? We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. All right, let's rewind it. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and pleasing to him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. All right, one more time, okay? 
We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. All right, if you memorize that, we'll put your name in a bucket for 20 bucks, okay? Worth 20 bucks. All right, next week we're going to have small groups and a time of personal Bible study. So make sure you come back next week. That's it, guys. That's it. Right. <laughs> yep, see ya.